Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to Far-Fetched Fables, part of the District of Wonders Network, featuring Starship Sofa and Tales to Terrify. Everyone has a story in the District of Wonders. Come and find yours. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wherever you are, wherever you're listening from, this is Far-Fetched Fables. Welcome to show number 83. We kick off this week's episode with an announcement. Far-Fetched Fables is now accepting submissions for fantasy fiction for our podcast, as well as artwork for our website and social media pages. You can check out the submissions page on the Triple F website for details. And without further ado, on to the stories. Our first story for this week is the haunting flash tale Bless This House by Beth Catto, which first appeared at Daily Science Fiction. Beth hails from Hanford in California, but currently writes and bakes cookies in a lair west of Phoenix, Arizona. She shares the household with a hockey-loving husband, a numbers-obsessed son, and a cat the size of a canned ham. She's the author of The Clockwork Dagger, a 2015 Locus Award finalist for first novel, and The Clockwork Crown from Harper Voyager. Follow her at BethCatto.com and on Twitter under the handle at BethCatto. The story is read for us by Catherine Logan. Catherine had many years of training in theatre and voice in her youth, and then many years of teaching acting, drama, writing and English literature as a grown-up. She has taken plenty of workshops and has studio experience in narration, commercial and animation voiceover work. Catherine is now involved in a second career, which takes her back to her first love. And here it is. Bless This House by Beth Catto. A pink sliver of sunrise glowed over the hills, and the cows lowed their need. Emma parted the barn doors. Her metal pail and other gear met the dirt floor with a solid thud. She began the morning routine. Her joints stiff and eyes bleary. The baby had been up at all hours, and Kurt had fallen into a feverish sleep again. Not even little Grace's wails could fully rouse Kurt any more. Emma had sat within the candle's glow, holding Grace at her breast, 
and laying wet rags on Kurt's forehead, his breaths rasped and rattled. Her husband had acted all nonchalant after that nail went through his foot. But now, now, from toe to heel, his flesh resembled a charred mass. Emma shuffled to the next cow. The tough-ended tail swatted the back of her head. The old bay stallion whinnied in the next stall over. "'I'll feed you next,' Emma said. And after that, God help her. She couldn't get Kurt to town. The wagon's dismantled axle sprawled in the middle of the barn where her husband left it after his accident. The next closest homestead housed ornery bachelors who tended to shoot first and ask questions later. The baby's shrill cries cut through the thin wooden walls. Emma's breasts ached in response. She choked a sob against her wrist and stood. She had to do it. She had to. How could they survive without Kurt? There wasn't a spare penny for her and Grace to head back home to Georgia, and she could already see her mother's tight-lipped, I told you so, expression. And Kurt was a good man, his calloused hands soft on her skin. He was the one who could shush little Grace, the one whose kisses still made her warm on the coldest nights. Three years of marriage wasn't enough. In the back corner of the barn, the unicorn watched her with expressionless eyes. He didn't tug against the ropes. One cloven hoof tapped the hard dirt. Bandages swaddled his left foreleg from fetlock to knee. Emma had found him a week ago, snared in the barbed wire. She brought him home, cared for him, and stroked the silky length of his forelock. It would take him weeks to mend and hold weight on that leg. Of all the barns, he's come to bless ours, she told Kurt a week ago, an eon ago. Emma set the half-full milk pail by the barn door and unwrapped the bundle of cloth. Kurt's best hunting knife lay there in its tooled leather scabbard. With a grunt, she straightened her back, the blade unsheathed without a sound. The unicorn watched her approach. He couldn't run, even if freed. Grace continued her colicky screams from the house. Forgive me. Oh, Lord, forgive me, Emma whispered, tears plinking to her chest and mingling with the seeping circles of breast milk. The unicorn's golden horn glinted as he bowed his head. So do you want to know what the author said about this story? She said, I love unicorns. I love tales about strong pioneer women. I love making characters face impossible situations that would drive me personally into years of therapy and guilt. This story first emerged as a poem I wrote last year, but the poem didn't work. The emotional depth wasn't there. The stakes weren't high enough. I went through several drafts before setting it aside in disgust. Six months later... I rewrote from scratch to create the flash fiction version. This time, it worked. Sometimes all a story needs is time, a strict word limit, and a screaming baby. Our main story this week is We Will Not Be Undersold, by Seanan Maguire. Seanan is the author of a whole bunch of things, both under her name and the name Myra Grant. 
She used to try to list all those things in her bios, but has dismissed that as a fool's errand, and now suggests checking the bibliography on her website for the list of things. It's a very nice list. Sean Ann lives in a potentially haunted farmhouse in Northern California, along with her vast collections of comic books and creepy dolls, and her two abnormally large blue mane coon cats, which regularly startle house guests by being the size of cocker spaniels. When not writing, Sean Ann enjoys travel. Disney parks and lurking in the local corn maze and scaring anyone who happens to wander by. Keep up with her at seananmaguire.com or on Twitter. She is a little odd and she doesn't sleep much, but she's mostly friendly. Her story is read for you by yours truly. This is where my editor wants me to say something awesome about myself, but hey, you all know me, so we will not be undersold by Seanann Maguire. <laughs> Dan? Nim looked around the employee break room, allowing her eyes to skirt past the slack-faced stockroom workers sitting slumped in their grey plastic chairs. Their cheery green and yellow vests were painfully bright against the industrial beige walls and floor. Not for the first time, Nim made a note to talk to the store manager about getting some decorations in, maybe a few cheery posters with kittens and motivational slogans, four ninety-nine home decor. These always sold well, so people obviously liked them. None of the dead-eyed employees were Dan. Only two of them were even male. With a sunny smile and a wave for everyone, stay positive, positivity enhances profitability, Nim chirped, have a fantastic shopping day, everybody, and turned to leave the room, while the workers were still trying to formulate their response. It was always best to leave a situation on a high note. Dan also wasn't in the stockroom, where some of the more free-spirited clerks scrambled to hide the poker game they didn't think management knew about. Management knew. Dan wasn't in the small dining room attached to the snack bar, either. Nim frowned as she realized that there were actually no employees in the snack bar. She'd need to notify the supervisors to slip some more coupons into the pay envelopes. Seeing happy workers eating chicken chompers, TM, and drinking milky shakes, TM, encouraged customer faith in the menu— and customer faith drove customer dollars. Nim was on the verge of giving up her quest when she opened the fire door at the back of the store, the one with the broken alarm the employees thought management didn't know about. Management knew. And found Dan sitting on a splintery old picnic table, his nose buried, as always, in a book. She stepped outside and eased the door silently shut behind her, taking a moment to lean up against the doorframe and just look at him. She never got tired of looking at Dan. Oh, the rest of the girls in junior management assured her that he was quite average-looking, with his brown hair, muddy hazel eyes, and wire-framed glasses. "'You can do better,' was a common refrain in the evenings, as they sat around the plastic snack-bar tables and slurped mint-elicious milky shakes TM. Maybe she could. When you got right down to it, she really didn't care. They remained that way for several minutes, Dan reading, Nim watching Dan read. They both jumped when his watch began to beep. "'Damn!' muttered Dan, reaching for the button that would make the beeping stop, only to jump a second time as he caught sight of Nim standing up against the wall. "'Jeez! Nim, you scared me!' "'I couldn't find you, and then you looked so happy that I didn't want to interrupt,' Nim grimaced, looking faintly guilty. "'I'm sorry, was that wrong?' "'Only because it would have been nice to spend my lunch break with you instead of with these two. Dan held up his paperback in illustration. 
There was a lurid painting of half-naked elf maidens on the cover. I thought you were on shift until two. I got them to shift my shift. Nim pushed herself away from the wall, giving the book a dubious glance as she walked towards him. I don't think I'm cut out for chainmail bikinis. Don't worry. I like my women black-haired, petite, and fully clothed. Dan slid off the picnic bench, tucking his book into the back pocket of his jeans as he moved to meet Nim on the no-man's land between the building and the decrepit outdoor lunch area. No gossamer elf princess will lure me from your arms. I'm so relieved, said Nim, not quite able to stop herself from smiling. Isn't it time for you to go back to work? That was my ten-minute warning, Dan said. I was planning to track you down and try to convince you to slack off for five minutes before I had to go back to the grind. Well, it's a good thing for you that you won't have to do that. Since you would have failed, I don't slack off. That's one of the things I love about you. You somehow manage to be genuinely enthusiastic about working at Undermart. That may be a miracle. Dan leaned forward to kiss her deeply. Nim responded in kind, and both of them were smiling a little dizzily by the time he pulled away. You always taste like cotton candy. Why is that? Healthy living. Nim kissed him again before stepping backward, out of the circle of his arms. Come on, I don't want to distract you and make you late for work. Right, wouldn't want to let Undermark down. Nim looked at him with wide, earnest eyes and said, That's exactly what I was thinking. I know. Dan smiled a little. Let's get back to work. Nim was almost skipping as she led the way inside. Dude, what are you doing hanging around with that management chick? The words were aggressively delivered, but the nasal voice of the speaker robbed them of the bulk of their menace. Dan sighed, counting slowly to ten before he turned to face his co-worker. Hello, Kyle. How was your lunch? Mine was great. I brought an egg salad sandwich from home. What are you talking about? Kyle scowled at him, eyebrows scrunching suspiciously together. You've been letting that management chick make you drink those milky shake TM things they sell up front? She has a name, you know. Yeah, her name's The Man. Kyle paused, a lecherous expression spreading across his face. Oh, dude, are you sticking it to The Man? <laughs> you can tell me we're buddies. No, we're not buddies. We only tolerate each other because we work in the same department, and every word you say moves me a little closer to requesting a transfer. I hang around with Nim because she's my girlfriend, remember? We're dating. People who are dating tend to hang out together. So you are sticking it to the man, said Kyle, lecherous expressions spreading. Does she wear that cotton candy perfume in the bedroom? I'll report you for harassment if you don't shut up right now, said Dan pleasantly. Kyle scowled. You'd never be banging her if she weren't management. You know Undermart doesn't like fraternization between employees. There's nothing in the handbook forbidding it. There's nothing in the handbook requiring to eat that artificial bird crap either. Chicken chompers, TM, murmured Dan automatically. But you better believe they'll come down on you if you don't do it. She's bad news, man. All the management chicks are. Corporate keeps them in the stores because they make the customers happy, but that doesn't mean they're here to fraternize. Kyle picked up his price gun, brandishing it threateningly at Dan. Watch yourself, man, or I'll be getting a new buddy, and you'll be getting a promotion. Dan blinked. How is getting a promotion bad?
ask one of the greeters that, said Kyle darkly. He was silent for the rest of the shift. Nim was sitting on the hood of Dan's car when he came trudging out of the undermart, his heavy wool coat almost covering the neon edges of his mandatory work vest. She brightened at the sight of him, enjoying, as always, the way the parking lot safety lights glittered off his hair. Dan smiled when he saw her, starting to walk a little faster. Hey, baby, you off for the night? I have morning inventory, but until then, I'm all yours. Nim slid off the car, opening her arms so that Dan could step right into them. I missed you. We were in the same store. No, we weren't, she thought, and kissed his chin and said, I couldn't come see you while you were on your shift. It was lonely. That's sweet. Dan raised one hand, brushing her bangs away from her eyes. Where did you want to go for dinner? Someplace decadent and bad for us, Nim replied. How do you feel about the salad bar? Your definition of decadent needs some work, but sure, said Dan. He fished his car keys out of his pocket, holding them up for her to see. Your chariot awaits. Oh, no, said Nim, looking faintly perplexed. I like your car much better. Dan was still laughing when they pulled out of the parking lot. Nim snuggled deeper in the passenger seat and just listened to the sound of it, wishing, as she always did, that the moment would never have to end. But it would. Moments like this, moments outside the Undermart, always did. Later that night, after three plates of salad, one with blue cheese dressing, and wasn't that the naughtiest thing anyone had ever done, and half a pitcher of virgin sangria, Nim nestled under the synthetic cotton sheets, nine ninety nine housewares, and genuine vegetable lamb comforter on Dan's bed, letting herself breathe in the reassuring salty scent of him as she curled against his side. What are you thinking? she asked. That I wish we didn't have to get up in seven hours and head back to our dead end jobs where we have to work in the same building all day long without seeing each other. Dan pushed himself up onto his elbows, looking at her gravely. He had to squint to do it, but he didn't reach for his glasses. That had been the first sign that he was falling in love with her, when he stopped putting his glasses back on every time they rolled apart long enough to breathe. Doesn't it ever bother you, the idea that maybe this is going to be our lives? Get up, spend the whole day working at the Undermart, go shopping at the Undermart, go home, go sleep, and wait to die? Nim blinked at him. No, that doesn't bother me. Why would it? Dan hesitated. Sometimes I don't understand you, you know. I know. Nim reached up one hand, cupping his cheek. I'm doing the best I can. I just didn't grow up around here, remember? I remember. I just never thought of Canada as being another planet before I met you. Dan sighed. Honestly, Nim, are you going to be happy if this is all there is? Don't you want to run away from here? Because I'd do it, you know, if you were willing to go with me. I'd run away and I'd never look back. It's more complicated than that. I know, but I wish... Nim slid her hand around to press a finger against his lips, trapping the wish before it could be fully birthed into the world. Never wish, she said with quick urgency. Wishing is what lets danger into the world. Dan blinked at her. Then he sighed heavily and dropped back to the bed, rolling onto his back as he stared up at the ceiling. Kyle was asking today about what I was doing with you, or what you were doing with me, I guess. And what did you tell him? asked Nim, 
There was a sudden edge to her voice that made him lift his head and frown, seeing the alarm on her slightly blurry features. That you were my girlfriend, why? I just... I just wondered, that's all. Can we sleep, please? I'm tired, and it'll be morning soon. Sure, sweetie. Dan kissed her forehead before nestling himself a little deeper. Sleep well. Yes, Nim said. You also. Dan turned off the light. His breathing quickly steadied into the long, slow rise and fall of a sleeping man. Neem stayed awake, staring up at the ceiling and beginning to compose the addendum she would have to make to her upcoming report to management. There was no point in trying to omit what she had learned. Management would already know, and would be waiting to learn what she was willing to do to massage the data. Management always knew. "'Has anybody seen Kyle?' asked Dan picking up a refill for his price gun. I've been taking care of the toy section by myself all morning, and I'm about ready to punch his stupid face in if he comes sauntering in here without a damn good excuse for himself. The clerks he'd been talking to stiffened, exchanged a wary glance before the shorter one, he thought her name was Peggy, said slowly, You mean he didn't tell you? Dan frowned. Didn't tell me what? Oh, jeez, don't tell me he finally decided to quit, please. I have plans this weekend. That he was up for a promotion, said the other clerk. He was actually wearing his name tag, identifying him as one of the store's seven or so men named Arthur. He offered Dan a reassuring smile. I'm sure he's going to be much happier and more fulfilled with his work now that he's doing something truly suited to his skills. A promotion? Slow, terrifying certainty was uncoiling itself in Dan's gut. He did his best to keep it from showing on his face as he snapped the refill roll into his price gun. Wow. Well, I, I hope they'll be hiring for his position soon. I can't manage toys by myself forever. I'm sure management is on top of things, said Arthur. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com 
slash host. Yeah, I'm sure you're right, agreed Dan with a fairly sickly-looking smile. He turned and left the stockroom, walking quickly back onto the floor. One of the customers in the toy section had managed to pull over an entire display of toy cars, and without Kyle to help, it took the better part of an hour for Dan to get everything picked up and put back where it belonged. By the time the display was restored to its original condition, it was time for Dan's first break of the day. He slipped back into the stockroom long enough to clock out, then made his way slowly toward the front of the store, where the greeters would be waiting to welcome new customers to the Undermart. Undermart wasn't the only big-box store to employ their own small army of smiling faces, but they liked to say that they went the extra smile, TM. With greeters who were somewhere between friendly faces and personal shoppers, they would even follow customers through the store if asked, carrying their bags and offering tips about good bargains. Consequently, the store employed twice as many greeters as any of their competitors, just to keep up with the demand. The yellow and green vests of the greeters made them stand out amongst the shoppers like macaws in a chicken coop. Dan scanned them quickly and was just starting to relax when he spotted a head covered in familiar blonde spikes. The greeter was too far away for him to be certain, but he still knew. The moment that he saw the way the greeter was standing, the easy height of him, Dan knew. Holding tightly to his price gun, like it would somehow defend him from whatever was ahead, Dan walked over to the door and waited until Kyle's customer turned to leave the store. She was smiling broadly, like a little girl who'd just been promised she'd be getting that pony for her birthday after all. Women never smiled after they finished talking to Kyle. Sometimes they threatened to talk to his manager, but they never smiled. Kyle? Oh, hello! Kyle turned, a beatific smile lighting his acne-scarred features and turning them into something almost beautiful. Welcome to Undermont. Can I help you find some wonderful bargains for your home and family? Kyle, it's me. Dan. Your partner, remember? Dan held up the price gun, waving it between them. Why didn't you tell me we're applying for a promotion? I thought you hated the greeters. Undermark greeters are here to help you make the most of your shopping experience. We're like Santa's elves, now with real super-saving action, TM. Kyle kept smiling, but there was something strained in his eyes, like part of him wanted nothing more than to start screaming instead. What are you looking for today? Kyle! Dan grabbed Kyle's vest with his free hand. The rest of the greeters froze, the whole yellow and green herd of them turning slowly to stare at the man who had dared to lay a hand on one of their own. Starting to feel like he'd made a very big mistake, Dan let go and stepped back. Sorry, I, I guess I just got carried away. Kyle's smile never wavered. Anger management videos can be found in our entertainment section. Or, if your doctor would like to prescribe anti-anxiety medications, you can have them sent directly to our Undermart Pharmacy. They got me, Dan. Run while you still can. Maybe you'd like to have a delicious milky shake, TM, while you wait for your nerves to settle. Dan's eyes widened. What did you just say? Milky shakes, TM, are available in six flavors. Chocolate, vanilla, mango, banana, strawberry, our very own signature mint-elicious, and for a limited time only, seasonal chocoberry yum. Try one today. Dan took another step backward. Kyle kept on smiling, giving no sign that he understood what he was saying. Clutching his price gun to his chest, Dan turned and fled. Nim! Nim! 
Diane burst into the upstairs hall, the one most employees entered only under duress or when called to meet with management. He was still clutching his price gun and was dimly aware that his break had ended five minutes ago. That didn't seem to matter now. Nothing mattered but finding Nim and getting the hell out of the Andermart before whatever had gotten to Kyle started getting to them. Damn it, Nim, where are you? Dan? He whirled to see his girlfriend standing framed in one of the private doorways, the door pulled almost entirely shut behind her. The air smelled like cotton candy and fresh raspberries, two scents he'd never really associated with corporate management before coming to work for the Undermart. Before he'd started dating Nim. Not letting himself think about what he was doing, Dan lunged and grabbed her hand, yanking her out of the doorway. Come on, we've got to get out of here, we've got to get out of here now! What are you talking about? Nim pulled herself out of his grasp, eyes wide and alarmed. You're acting crazy, Dan. You're still on your shift. Undermart isn't safe. What? Undermart is the safest place there is. Kyle's a greeter. Kyle didn't even seem to know who I was, and he would never, never voluntarily take a job as a greeter. He was telling me just yesterday that management promotes people who don't agree with them. And now... Dan, I'm management, said Nim quietly. He's been promoted, and he doesn't recognize me. We have to go. It's my fault they promoted him. If we don't leave now, I don't know if we can... What? Dan stopped, blinking at Nim. What are you talking about? You're right, Dan. You should go. Nim drew herself up a little straighter, smiling despite the tears he could see starting to gather in the corners of her eyes. Go now. I'll cover for you with the senior managers, but only if you go now. Nim! Dan started to step forward, reaching for her. You're fired, she whispered. Now get out before I call store security on you. Dan stood there, stunned, as Nim turned away and stepped back through the private door, closing it behind herself with a decisive click. He took the price gun with him when he left the Undermart. Technically, it was theft. He honestly didn't care. The doors of the downtown Undermart officially opened at 7am, catering to those early risers and busy professionals who needed to get a leg up on the day. In order to make the opening seamless, delivery trucks and stockroom staff began arriving at 5.30. Dan showed up at 5.45, wearing the employee vest he was no longer strictly entitled to and clutching his purloined price gun like a sword. "'Morning, Dan,' said Molly, as he walked past her without clocking in. "'Morning, Molly,' he replied and kept going heading through the employee level to the management stairs. He'd thought long and hard after Nim threw him out the night before, finally concluding that, having been fired, he could go looking for answers without fear of any further repercussions. Maybe a trespassing charge, but that was about it. He kept that thought firmly in mind, as he slunk silently into the upstairs hall, heading for the doorway Nim had retreated through after firing him. Whatever was behind that door... Maybe it could give him some idea of what had been done to Kyle. Dan tested the knob as he dug in his pocket for the nail file he intended to use as an impromptu lockpick. The door had always been locked before, and the test was more out of habit than anything else. That didn't stop the door from swinging promptly open, revealing the darkened room beyond. Dan stopped where he was, blinking. Huh, he said softly. Okay, then. Pulling his hand from his pocket... He clutched the price gun a little tighter and stepped over the threshold into the dark. The darkness lasted for three steps. 
Step one, normal dark, with the dim light of the hallway creeping in from behind him. Step two, absolute dark, like there was no light left in the world. Step three, a somehow even deeper dark, one that went on forever and ever without end. Step four... Step four, and he was back in the light. Not the dim light of the early morning undermart, but the bright daytime light of a glossy green meadow, dotted with garishly coloured flowers that smelled like cinnamon and cotton candy. Dan froze, fingers clenching convulsively on the handle of his price gun. A twelve-ninety-nine price tag popped out of the business end, looking like nothing so much as a ticket back to the real world. He grabbed the tag, affixing it to his vest, and waited. Nothing changed. Dan? Nim sounded querulous, even terrified. Dan whirled to face her, raising his price gun so that it was held solidly between them, and stared. Her normally black hair was a rich shade of plum purple, like she was trying to look like one of the less popular dolls from the Strawberry Shortcake TM toy collection. She had it pulled back, showing the distinctly pointed tips of her ears. Her eyes were a shade of violet only a little lighter than her hair. Really, if she hadn't been wearing her undermart uniform, she would have been entirely unbelievable. But, no matter how good his imagination was, he could never have imagined anything that clashed as badly as plum hair and an official undermart uniform vest. What the... Where are we... What are you? The questions came out so fast they tangled around one another, becoming a single, long, half-coherent demand. Nim shook her head, newly violet eyes wide. No, no, I can't tell you, and you can't be here. Dan, why didn't you run? You were supposed to run. She started to reach for him, despair washing over her features as he stepped back out of her reach. I have to get you out of here before it's too late. I love you, don't you see? I tried to get you away from the store because I love you. Too late? asked Dan. Too late for what? Nim didn't answer. She just looked past him, the expression slowly draining from her face. It almost wasn't a surprise when the hand clamped down on his shoulder from behind, a hand easily twice the size of his, with fingers that tightened until they hurt. Nimui, rumbled a voice, in something that sounded less like simple speech than it did the movement of rocks deep beneath a mountain. What is the meaning of this? Hello, Daddy, sighed Nim. I'd like you to meet my boyfriend. Dan didn't remember leaving the green meadow with the impossible flowers. He didn't remember Neem changing her hair from purple back to its more customary black. And he certainly didn't remember the face of the man behind that massive hand. But most of all, he didn't remember being tied to a chair. He tugged experimentally on the rope that held him down, 1499 Home and Garden. The knots held. Neem stood in front of him, wringing her hands anxiously. Her eyes were still violet, he seized on that hope. If her eyes were still violet, maybe he wasn't really tied to a chair. Maybe this was just a really, really weird dream. Your mortal man awakens, rumbled a deep voice from behind him. The hope died. No matter how weird his dreams got, they never made him want to piss himself. Yes, Daddy, said Neem. That odd accent of hers was stronger now. Dan couldn't believe he'd ever believed her when she said she was Canadian. 
Leaning closer, she dropped her voice and whispered, Dan, please, I need you to be respectful. Please. Or what? You'll kill me? No. Sorrow filled her eyes. We'll promote you. Dan was still trying to come up with a reply to that when the man stepped out from behind him and moved to stand next to Nim. Then he simply blinked. Mr. Ronald, the district manager, is your father? You may address me as His Highness Oberon, King of Ternanog, ruler of the lands of the forever young, said the man in an imperious tone. He looked somehow wrong in his three-piece suit, too large and roughly made, like he would have been more at home on a battlefield, bashing his fellow men, or fellow fairies, with large wooden clubs. You have trespassed upon my domain. For that, the punishments are known. Um, not by me, they're not, said Dan. I didn't even know you had a domain here. He paused, his brain catching up with his mouth. Wait, did you say Oberon, as in the... Did not my daughter expel you from our hallowed halls? You were given leave to go. You returned. Your daughter? Dan's attention swung to the increasingly miserable-looking Nim. He called you Nimui. I told you it was an old family name, she said. You didn't tell me it was because you were the Lady of the Lake. You never asked. Oberon scowled at the pair of them. If you would be so kind as to shut up so that I can commence the punishment, I would very much appreciate it. But, Daddy, I love him, Nim wailed. I fail to see where that's my problem. I think this punishment thing is about to be my problem, so I'm okay with delaying it, said Dan. Excuse me for being a little slow here, but what's going on? And where's my price gun? Insolent mortal! That price gun is store property. Oh, my God, I've discovered Fairyland and it's full of crazy people, said Dan. Seriously? This is really happening? You're really real? You're really... What the hell is the King of Fairy doing running Undermart? Plastic, said Oberon gravely. Dan blinked. Plastic? Plastic, repeated Oberon. Plastic, said Dan. Neem inched towards him, bending to murmur. I'd stop saying that if I were you. He can keep repeating it all day. If it delays the punishment part, so can I. Dan focused on Oberon. Why plastic? Plastic enhances our enchantments, comes in a variety of pleasant colours, and is dishwasher safe, Oberon replied. Plus, when people are using plastic, they're not using as much iron, said Neem. We don't like iron much. I remember that from my fairy tales. Dan turned to look at Neem. You really love me? With all my heart, Neem sniffled, wiping her eyes with the back of her hand. I'm so sorry I let this happen to you. This is all very sweet, but it's interfering with his punishment. Oberon started to raise his hands. At least you find his smile fetching, Nimue. You'll be able to see it each day at the front of the store. Wait, said Dan hurriedly. Sir, if I may be so bold, you're going about this all wrong. Undermart, you opened the store to spread plastic, right? To spread plastic, reduce iron and get a bulk discount on candy, yes, said Oberon, frowning. 
It's remarkable how many M and M's the Tuatha de Dinan can consume in a weekend. Um, right. I'm just not going to think about that right now, and instead I'm going to focus on you not melting my brain. Uh, sir, my lord, Undermart does an excellent job of servicing local customers, but you could be reaching a much wider market share if you had an internet presence. Oberon's frown deepened. The internet thwarts my attempts at domination. Already have the owl denied my access twice. Dan did some hasty mental gymnastics before hazarding, "AOL." Oberon scowled. Right, right. Uh, well, see if you don't fry my brain, I can help you with that. I understand AOL, also DSL, TCP/IP, and lots of other acronyms. Dan managed a sickly smile, and a whole new customer base is waiting for you, and a bigger audience for your、uh, magic plastic. There was a long pause. Finally, slowly, Oberon said, "I'm listening." Dan. Neem stepped into the employee break room, ignoring the way conversation died upon her entrance. The staff had become much more talkative since their enchantments were removed, although most of the greeters opted to be re-enchanted at the beginning of every shift, as it reduced the urge to start attacking customers. That didn't mean they'd started liking management. Some things were beyond even magic's reach. Still, it was a fair exchange. Dan wasn't in the break room, nor was he in the stock room, where the poker game was entering a record fifth week with management's blessing, or out on the floor. She finally located him out back, sitting on the gently rotting old picnic table with a laptop open on his knees. Dan, she asked, stepping out of the building and starting toward him. Dan raised his head, smiling at the way the sunlight struck glints of purple off her hair. She never bothered with the little glamours any more when they were alone. She hadn't since their wedding night, one which sadly his own parents had to miss. There were no direct flights from Wisconsin to the Isles of the Blessed. Hey, you, he said. Is that Daddy's email? Neem asked, boosting herself up to sit beside him. It was. Now it's mostly viruses and spam. Is there any way we can convince him to let someone else access the internet for him? No, she said and smiled. Shall we do something decadent tonight? The salad bar it is, Dan said. Do we have something to celebrate? We're introducing a new flavor of milky shake TM today, Nim replied. I'm not sure what it is, but everyone who's tried the free sample seems to like it. It's pink. Probably cotton candy, he said, and leaned over, and kissed her. And now you know why store greeters are able to keep smiling. A little something to keep in the back of your mind as we enter the holiday shopping season. Please remember that Farfetch'd Fables operates under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 3.0 license, which means you can download the content and share it all you like, but don't change it and don't sell it, and be sure to give credit where credit is due. All other copyright remains that of the authors. Violators will be dumped in the bargain bin. If you'd like to share your thoughts on this or any of our stories, you can leave your comments on the Triple F website, our Facebook page, or on Twitter. I'm going to pop down to my local superstore and see if they have any beverages for me. Bye now. Hello, out there, to all the fablers. Those of you who listen to far-fetched fables, I'm talking to you. 
Far-Fetched Fables brings you quality fantasy fiction every week. There's no bells, no whistles, the occasional author interview. It's run by fantasy fans, for fantasy fans. Fortunately, or unfortunately, this doesn't cost you anything. It's for free. It's out there. It's for you. Our problem is, we still have to pay for the servers. So, if any of you would like to become our patron, we've now set up a patron site. Please do pop around. After all, if you like fantasy, be fantastic. Become a patron of the District of Wonders, so that we can continue to bring you fantastic fiction every week. And the next time we're in the pub, we'll raise that beverage to you. Bye now. This presentation has been brought to you by the District of Wonders Network, dedicated to podcasting the finest genre fiction. You can learn more about the District of Wonders and their many literary productions at their website, www.districtofwonders.com. Thank you for listening. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.